So tonight I'm going to be out of the book of Jude. It's the second to last book. So if you open the very last one, you've gone too far. Just go back one. Um, my sister's kind of upset with me tonight because uh, I decided to wear four different types of gray to preach in. And she didn't like that. I thought it was pretty funny. So I have a joke to open it up, but um, none of the youth got it when I told it to them. Oh, one of the youth got it when I told it to them. So I'll see if y'all get it. So last week, the pastor was asking for prayer requests. And I said, I'd like, uh, I'd like us to pray over my hearing. So they called me forward. They annoyed me with oil. They prayed over me. And then they asked if my hearing was any better. And I said, well, I'll tell you next week. <laughs> Judge hearing, not an actual hearing. <laughs> It's a bad joke. It's a bad joke. <laughs> uh, so today I'm out of Jude, but I would first like to read a passage in uh, Ephesus or Ephesians, which is to the church at Ephesus. Ephesians two, cha- chapter two, verse four says, "But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ." But I'd like to look at this passage in Jude uh, through the lens of Christ's love. So, um, when looking at the background of Jude, we can see that uh, first he addresses the whole church. The, in my Schofield Bible, it says the general epistle of Jude, because it's literally just an epistle addressed to the entire church. Uh, it's not addressed to one individual church or one individual person like several of the other books and epistles in the Bible, such as Romans, which is addressed to the Romans, and Ephesians, which is addressed to the church at Ephesus. Um, it is the penultimate book in the Bible, which is a really big word for saying second to last, if you didn't know it. And uh, the writer was Jude, who is the brother of James, uh, and many theologians argue about whether it's James the brother of Jesus, which would make Jude the brother of Jesus, or if it's just some random guy named James. I don't know but many theologians have argued over the years. Brother Dan may know. Do you know? For sure? It's Jesus' half-brother. It's Jesus' half-brother. All right. All right. Thank you for the clarification. Um, besides addressing the whole church, he addresses the watchful Christian. He warns of the falsehoods, the hypocrisy, the heresy that is described. Uh, and at this point, um, when he's writing this, it's all already been introduced into the church, and sin has already started creeping into it. Um, and besides addressing the watchful Christian, he also addresses the waiting Christ. It goes on to describe Christ's love and assurance with comfort in the latter half of the chapter. Um, some just some fun info on the book. It's the fifth shortest book in the Bible with 461 words. It is .08% of the Bible. And did you know the Bible has over 600,000 words? It's a lot of words. Um, so can I have us ask you all to all stand in honor and reverence of the reading of God's holy, inerrant, infallible, and his inspired word. Go ahead. But belo- uh, in verse 17, it says, But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time, who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, 
keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto, certain, or unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Let us pray. Father, we are in heaven, Lord. Thank you for this day, Father. Thank you for all that you give me, Lord. Thank you for allowing me to be able to come here to preach, Father, that I live in a country where I'm able to still do that, Father. Thank you for the blessing you poured out upon me, poured out upon my family, Father, and all the people here, Lord. Thank you for giving me safe travels here, Father, and giving us safe travels as we leave, Father. Just allow us to have a renewed spirit in you, Father. Just anoint us all with your oil. Just place your mercies and grace upon us, Father. Just place a hedge of protection around us, Lord, and bless us almighty, Lord. Bless this service, Father, in a way that only you can. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. I didn't say y'all could be seated. My dad's going to get me for that later. Anyway. <laughs> yes, you can see it. <laughs> All right, so to start out, I wrote, God loves ignorant people. Um, people who have no knowledge, who make assumptions, because assumptions abound in our life, abound in our community, abound, our, abound about Christians themselves. They abound. Uh, if you go to church, many assume that you do no wrong, which I, in my personal experience, they, people at my work assume that I am the greatest person they've ever met just because I go to church, which is the most confusing thing in the world because they also go to church. So it genuinely confuses me how they may that off that assumption based off of I The only thing I do different than them when I say I go to church is I don't cuss before I say I go to church. I don't say I... Okay, it's, it astounds me that that is the entire assumption. Like, when I meet people, I just don't cuss, and they make the assumption that I am a Christian, which I have no problem with them assuming I'm a Christian. I am so happy that they assume I'm a Christian, and they don't understand why I'm so happy that they assume I'm a Christian. They're just ignorant of that. I have written down an example of ignorance is um, me in my personal life this week. Uh, so I'm at work, I'm an electrician. I bend this thing called conduit. Conduit is about a 10 foot long stick of just metal pipe. It's, I'm bending EMT. And you have to use this big old hammer looking thing to bend it. Um, you can use it, they say you can use it for more. They're lying. You can use it as a hammer and you can use it to bend conduit. And um, I'm not good at bending conduit, but I've been explained it to me 43 times. Very ignorant in the ways of bending conduit. But as I'm bending it this week, every time I get it to a certain point, it just kinks. It, like it no longer has that smooth arc. It just bends in half. And you have to have your foot on it like this. And they're like, foot pressure, foot pressure put foot pressure on it. I'm like, I am. My entire body weight's on it. Like, at this point, I'm standing on it like this, trying to bend it, and it won't move. Um, come to find out, you don't put foot pressure on it by just using your big toe. You have to put the balls of your foot on it. I was very ignorant in that aspect. Um, it made my life a lot easier after that than about $70 later. But other than that, uh, God loves ignorant people. He loves those that mock ignorantly, too. You know, we have fun, we make fun of each other, uh, specifically Jim Bob, but <laughs> um, there's usually a fine line that we have. We try not to make fun of Christ. Uh, it says that in verse 18, how they 
how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. Uh, many times when people mock the church, they've been hurt by the church. Something in their life has caused them to just turn away from Christ, even if they weren't a Christian in the first place, to just be solely cut off from it because of some type of action. I've met many people um, working that are just like that. And I'll offer to pray with them, and they'll just say no, because that's the way, because somebody has hurt them. Maybe it's they've just straight up misunderstood what the Bible's talking about when they mock the Lord. Or maybe they've just never been given the guidance itself on what mocking the Lord is. But people keep doing it. Um, but the Lord loves them anyway for it, because He loves all of us. He loves those that march ignorantly as well. It says, um, who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. Now, recently, recently, there was a study done. I don't know the exact time frame, and I don't remember the exact article I read it from, but it was confirmed in multiple sources. Um, I'm talking about this thing called lust, and I'm going to talk to this generation for just a moment. Uh, some of you already have heard the numbers that I mentioned, but uh, something that's rampant in our generation, all of us being, these are all, we're all in the Gen, Gen Z generation, we're not millennials, but Gen Z, does anybody know the number of people who have viewed pornography by the age of 18? 73% of our generation has viewed pornography by the age of 18. By the age of 13, it's 53. And by the age of 11, it's 20-something. I don't remember the exact number, but 20-something percent of children by the age of 11 have viewed pornography. Think of the problem that has been caused in America by the access of... I didn't grab my phone. Pretend this is my phone, because I, I forgot my phone, but um, just the access we have now to ungodly things is so bad and easy to use that it's become straight up out of control. And many times we walk after that lust instead of going over and clicking on our Bible app that we have installed on our phone. But God still loves those that march ignorantly towards that lust. He's hates the sin, but loves the sinner itself. And besides um, loving those that mock ignorantly and march ignorantly, he also loves those that mediate ignorantly. In verse 19 it says, These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. Uh, pretty much the definition I found for sensual is natural. And do you know what's natural to humans? Sin. It's what we're born with. We have to be reconfigured and remade whole with Jesus Christ. But um, when it comes to judgment time and people that have, do not have that Holy Ghost residing in them, that don't have the Spirit, who've never accepted Jesus um, and have never really cared in their life, they won't have the mediator that we have when we're being judged. We don't have that attorney, as I like to think of him, who has all the answers to every single question, who has constantly been on our side and looked for us and washed our sins white as snow. They don't have that. It says in the Bible, I'm the way, the truth, and light. No man can come unto the Father but by me. Let's see. God loves ignorant people even though they have no walk with Him. If they did, they would do things more intentionally and more for Christ. So besides God loving ignorant people, He loves intentional people. He loves saved people, Christ-centered people, people who place an emphasis on Christ and are constantly trying to build up that relationship. 
He loves those that have faith. In verse 20 it says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. He loves those that have faith in Him, faith in the creation that He made. Not faith in you. For us to have faith that what He made is perfect and that it's, we don't, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this, I'm sorry. We have faith in Him and His creation, not faith in us and our creation. We cannot have faith in this building, but we can have faith that God will allow it to stand. It could come crashing down at any moment because of what we do, but God has kept it standing for so long because it's in His will to have it still going. We need to have faith in Jesus and His works, His great work, when He died on the cross for our sins, where He took the title deed of the earth from Satan and allowed us a way to get into heaven through Him. And we need to have faith in the Holy Ghost that's presented in us individually and as a whole, as a body of believers in Christ, the three being one. And we need to have faith in the future that is presented before us, the scripture that we can read. Um, we know what's coming in the future and we have the exact guidebook to everything that's going to happen sitting in our laps or sitting on our desktop or sitting in our car 90% of the time and none of us use it. But we need to have faith in it because it is the inspired word of God. Next we need to have our next God love those that have fellowship. In the latter part of verse 20 it says praying in the Holy Ghost. We need to be in fellowship with Christ constantly. Um, prayer is probably the easiest because uh, you can close your eyes and talk straight to God the second you're saved. He's the dearest friend I've ever had. He is my father and he has always loved me and I can feel it every moment that when I'm talking to him. He may not talk back in a voice, but you can feel it inside of you if you know Christ. You can, do it, you can have fellowship with him through Bible reading, reading his literal world that he, word that he presented to us and left for us that gives us all the answers to all the questions that we need to know, not that we ha want to know. And we can listen to him. We can, during prayer, we can try and understand what he wants us to do, not just what we want him to do. Uh, we were listening to a song earlier on the way over here, and it said, I only talk to God when I need a favor. And we don't need to be of that mindset. We need to talk to him constantly, just be in pure communication with him because he loves us and he wants to talk to us more than anything in the world. And he just wants to place blessings upon us and allow us to do his will. And the only way for that to happen is to have good communication. Um, for example, such as the deacons and the pastor. They meet, I believe, every Sunday. Am I wrong? Once a month. But they still meet. That's the point. They try and get their opinions and their involvement in the church so that they can provide a better place for us to worship and a holier place and more sanctified place. And then he, we also have Christ loves those that forgive. See, Christ forgave us. Um, Christ offered forgiveness to us. And it's not by our own works, but his great work. We're supposed to, if we are supposed to act like Christ as Christians, we're supposed to forgive others. Um, without his forgiveness, we can't get into heaven. But... We need to forgive others. Besides that, he also loves insistent people. In verse 23 it says, and others save with fear, or 22 it says, and 
Some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. He loves insistent people, people that speak of Jesus and insist upon um, doing the Great Commission and attempting to leave others and attempting to guide others and disciple people. He says, some save with compassion, making a difference. And here it really shows that there really a truth that I've seen more clearly now than I had when I was younger, that um, there's really like two different types of preachers. You have those that teach with compassion and loving, and they have those that are just straight hellfire and brimstone all the time. Um, and I believe there's a place for both. There's um, those with compassion show Christ's loving side. They'll sit and share with you. They'll carefully try and guide you, and they'll try and discipline and show you the way. But those, there's also those that condemn when they talk, and others have saved with fear. Now, this one, I wrote, this, it'll scare the poop out of you. Because uh, whenever I think of Hellfire and Brimstone, I think of a literal recording that was done in Antarctica, or Alaska, nope, it was Antarctica, by some Russians, where they drilled 14 miles through the center of the earth and stuck a rod or some type of recording device all the way down, so deep that it was starting to melt because it was getting so close to the earth's core. And when they brought it back out, they heard screaming and wailing and the gnashing of teeth. It's this horrific video that Bryce shows at like every other lock-in, and it scared the laugh out of me because I've heard it like four times. But it is like most, one of the most convicting things I've ever heard. And you also, Christ also loved those with Christ, those that love him, those that walk with him and talk with him and want his guidance and direction. See, Jude's, in closing, it says, um, presented here is a picture of both modern and old times. Christ providing his truth, Christ providing his eternal truth that speaks of mockers and the unfaithful, what they strive for and how they're separated from Christ and how naturally bonded by sin they are. It talks of ways we can comfort in his acts and his love and what we can do to receive that comfort. But most importantly of all, he loves us and he loves them. In closing, I'd like to read uh, verse 24 and 25. Now unto them that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. I'd like to pray now. Our Father, in heaven, Lord, thank you for this day, Father. Thank you for all that you give me, Lord. Thank you for this message that you've given me, Father, and thank you for the fun time I had with the youth boys today, Lord. Thank you for each of them, Father. Thank you for all the girls that are in the youth, Father, for all the counselors that are going with us this next week, Father. Place your hand upon them, Father. Place a hedge of protection around them and bless the services that will happen every single day, Father. Thank you that there is still a group of ministers that want to preach to the young crowd, Father, even though the way the world is going. Lord, allow us to honor and glorify you in all things that we do this week, Father. Allow us to keep our heart, mind, and soul projected solely on you, Father, and remember that you're the only reason we're here, Father. Just bless us and use us all in a way that only you can. If there's one there that doesn't know you, allow them to come to know you as your Lord and Savior, Father. Allow us to build up our relationship with you so strong that stronger than it's ever been before, Father. Just allow us to have constant communication with you, Father, and bless us all in a way that only you can, Father.